the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Ozaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today Pastor Sean wants us to cross over the bridge to financial freedom. You know, on our currency, it says, in God we trust. Pastor Sean wants to encourage you that this is true. Believe that. This is Real Life Radio. 2 Thessalonians, New Testament, 2 Thessalonians 10 through 12, Paul writes this. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear some among you are idle. They're not busy. They're busy bodies. Such people, we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread that they eat. So the question is, are you working? Are you working hard? Are you working in your sweet spot? The place that God designed you. The principle of earning. That's how we get wealth. Beware get rich quick or shortcuts or dishonesty. That's not God's design. And it'll always lead to ruin. Second, and this principle is so important, the principle of contentment. The principle of contentment, it is so critical. This is the biblical center when it comes to finances, okay? Some people say, no, God's desires that everybody be rich. And I, I, I don't think that's biblical. I can't support that biblically. Others say, no, no, God's desires that everybody be poor. I can't support that biblically either. But what I can support biblically is that God's desires that everyone be content. And in that is one of the greatest gifts you'll ever have when it comes to this issue of finances. Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. He's actually talking about some false teachers who were trying to say that godliness was a way to financial prosperity, to financial wealth. And he's saying, no, 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 they're they're trying to say you'll get rich if you follow God. And he's saying that's false teaching. He's saying godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Food and clothing, that remind you of anything? Oh yeah, that's what Jesus promised. I think we're, in, we're on solid ground to even say covering as far as a roof over our heads and, and even transportation to get to where I need to go. And I would say most of us in this room probably have those things. And the scripture is saying, be content. Be content with that. If you do, there's a gift for you. He said, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. I'll bet every one of us can think of people who for the pursuit or the love of money It doesn't say money is bad. It says the love of money. We all know people who have done something really harmful and foolish and have paid the price for it. That's what he's talking about. 
Contentment is this simple idea that says, I have enough. I have enough. I'm good. It's like you just ate a huge meal, a Thanksgiving meal. Someone offers you pie. And I couldn't eat another bite. I'm done. I'm, I'm content. Do you understand that when you are content, you are rich? When you're content, I've got everything. I don't need anything more. Do you understand that mindset and what that does for you? How much you are freed up? You are now, the minute you say, I'm content, I don't need any more. You're now free to do whatever God has put in your heart. Contentment is a powerful gift. It is one of the primary secrets to financial freedom. Free from slavery. Free from the slavery of acquisition. And one of the things that contentment protects us from is this idea of debt. Debt is one of the biggest prisons, financial prisons, and it affects so many people in our culture. Contentment is the beginning of that freedom. When it comes to debt, the scripture says, Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Everyone who's had debt knows that that's true. Romans 13, 8, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. I just want to talk to you if you this morning are like, this sounds great, financial freedom sounds great, but I'm, we're so far in debt, I don't know how we're going to be free. I want to say to you that you don't have to wrestle with that alone. A weird bit of theology. Some people say, okay, I know God can trust God and he can forgive me of my sins and he can help me in areas of life, marriage, family, kids, all that. But when it comes to money, some people get this idea that, well, I got myself into this. It would be wrong for me to ask God to help get me out of it. And let me just say, that's whacked theology. That's messed up. It really is. God isn't like that. I don't know where we get that. We're like, we're like any other area. You can handle my sin. You can handle addiction. You can handle all these other things, God. But when it comes to money, God's like, ooh, don't touch that. Get that fixed and then come see me. Jesus and I are busy. We're not messing with that kind of thing that you got going there. That is not our God. That's not our Heavenly Father. He loves us, and he says, bring it all to me, surrender it to me. And I, I'll tell you, I don't necessarily believe he's going to write the check and instantly have it be gone. I don't believe that. Because honestly, it didn't take overnight to get there. And I think it doesn't take overnight to get out. And in fact, the habits that got us there take some time to get to, to be free from. But I, what I do want to say is you don't have to walk through that alone. God says, I will help you. I will walk with you. I will lead you out of this. I also want to say here at River City, we have some ways to help you. I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey's material. It's not perfect. Somebody else is too. I'm going to have church now. Mm, we were just talking about Jesus, but now we got to Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Dave speaks pretty Southern though, doesn't he? See, I'm telling you, it works. No, I just think his material, he'll be the first to tell you, he didn't invent it. It's not necessarily new with him. Okay, Larry Burkett with Crown Ministries, others have talked about some of the same principles. I will tell you what I think he does better than anybody else I've seen is he helps make it relatable to regular people like you and me, people who aren't accountants or who aren't super hyper-disciplined who probably don't need it in the first place. Okay, regular people can relate to the stuff that Dave Ramsey brings, and he helps you get a handle on it, and you do it in groups. I, I read his book, Total Money Makeover, and his principles are absolutely fantastic. So we offer a class called Financial Peace. 
We actually have one already going that's already started. But because of this, we're starting another one. This week will be the preview, uh, the preview session, October 8th, this Wednesday night, where you can kind of find out about it and get your materials. And then the class starts October 15th, Financial Peace University. I want to say to you, going together with a group of Going through it together with a group of people to help you get out of debt is one of the coolest things you'll ever experience. It's a nine-week class, and it will set you on course. He has some great tools and some resources, biblically-based ideas and materials. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect, but it's really good. And so I just want to say to you, if you're in debt and thinking, well, this would all be great, but I can't, um, you can't. And I just want to say to you, don't let another year go by wrestling with this alone. Get in a group, beginning this week, FPU, right here at River City on Wednesday night, and start dealing with this. Now, if you're interested, just pull out your connection card out of your bulletin, write the words interested in FPU on the card, and put it in the buckets on the way out, and they will contact you. Okay? There's child care provided. Um, It's an outstanding resource, and I want to encourage you to be a part of that. See, contentment is a choice. Anyone can choose contentment really is. The enemy of contentment, of course, is comparison, and that's, that's why it's hard in America to be content. Really, if we were living in a poor village in some very poor area of the world, we would have no problem being content with just food, clothes, and a roof over our head, because that's what everybody would be looking at. In America, it's really hard because we're like the capital of advertising. The capital of discontent is what we're all about. You know, my iPhone 5 used to be great until the iPhone 6 came out. Now my iPhone 5, I can't believe I've gotten, how did I survive? I mean, this is third world, you know. Really, it's comparison. I just wanted to get in a a group with some other folks who who are saying, hey, we want to be free. You won't regret it. Third principle, the principle of generosity, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. Remember this. Whoever sows will also, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. We call this the law of the harvest, okay? You can't sow nothing and hope to get something. You can't sow squash and hope to get watermelon. It doesn't work. It's the law of the harvest. And here, in regards to generosity, it says the obvious. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Listen, each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Listen, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. In other words, God doesn't want anybody twisting your arm to be generous. He doesn't want you to be begrudging. He's going to give you the means to cause you to abound so that you can be generous. Listen, verse 9, as it is written... He scattered about his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. You've got to decide, verse 10, if you believe this. Because this is part of the trust issue. This is what the word says. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, talking about God, and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. I guess I stand corrected. I said I couldn't argue that the Bible wants you to be rich. Well, I guess if you're generous, a type of richness will become a part of your life. 
You'll be made rich in every way. You'll be provided for. You'll be supplied in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Something in our heart wants to be generous. We respect generous people. We just don't think we can afford it. The scripture says, no, no, you can't afford not to. Whether it be that neighbor up the street who you'd love to do something for because there's a real need, but you just go, I just can't afford to. Some need that you see around you in our community or around the world. Something going on here at church. Generosity. You want to be that person. Well, the Word says God wants to give you enough so that you can be a generous giver. Not only your needs met, but so that you can be generous. But here's a word of caution. You have to start with what you currently have in your hands. Some of, some of us sit around and go, well, when God blesses me ridiculously, then I'll be generous. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Because if you aren't generous with the little you have now, um, it doesn't get easier when you start adding zeros. You have to give in habit now. You're not responsible for what you don't have. You're responsible for what you do have. So you start being generous now in the little ways that you can. Start looking for opportunities for generosity and see what God does. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message called The Bridge to Financial Freedom. This is Real Life Radio. A fourth principle. This is so important. Do not zone out here. I know we're, we're pushing on time, but I need you to hear this. This is a game changer. It is the principle of stewardship. Principle of stewardship. And it is freedom from a false understanding of ownership. A false understanding. We are trained to think that what we get, we own. And we got this idea of ownership. And we like that idea of ownership. Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. It's this idea. This is reality. Okay? We know. We enter with nothing. And we leave with nothing. Okay? You know what that means? It's all a 70, 80, 90-year loan. Really. And this ownership is one of the biggest bondage issues because we try to grab it, have it, hold on to it. And so much strife and so much of our burden is this ownership issue. If we could understand the idea of stewardship, that, wait a minute, it's all God's. It really is objectively all His. It was here before we got here. It's going to be here after we leave. My house, someone lived in it before. Someone's going to live in it after me. All of a sudden, it's like a burden has been lifted off my shoulders. Stewardship is different. Stewardship says, 
God owns it all. It's all his. And he has entrusted some of it to me for a time. And he has given me absolute freedom to use it. To use it to care for my family, to use it to invest, to use it to bless people. I'm the steward of God's resources. There's such a level of freedom that comes from this idea of stewardship. And he has given it all to me to enjoy and to use, except for Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. This idea of a tithe, it means a tenth. From the very beginning, before the law with Abraham, God started saying, it's all mine, but I'm going to entrust it to you as my sons, my daughters, my servants. I'm going to entrust it to you. Use it. Be free. Enjoy it. Invest it. But 10% belongs to me. It's a 10%. The tithe is referred to as a covenant of a tithe. It's this idea, Lord, that it's all yours. And what you put in my hand, I know, Lord, I'm going to leave it one day. And it'll be yours again. But until that time, I'm free to use it. But this 10% is a covenant where every single time I get paid, I get to be reminded. I get to train my heart. It's all God's. God, it's yours. I'm yours. My family's yours. My house is yours. This church is yours. It's all yours. And so I tithe. From the very beginning of our marriage, Lord, I've been tithers. And we discovered a principle. It's an opportunity to train our heart. Remember when Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also? Every time we get paid, we get to say, God, it's yours. I get to invest in the kingdom of God. I get to put it in his storehouse. And I get to be reminded, God, it's all yours. And do you know what he promises? He promises that as I do that, my finances will come under this canopy of his blessing and his protection. Let me read to you from Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, well, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. It's the one time in Scripture he gives us the ability to test him because Scripture says don't put God to the test. But here, this is a God-given exception. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you'll not have room enough for it. So he says, you go ahead and tithe. Honor me in this. Remind your heart every time you get paid or every time there is increase, remind yourself that it's all mine and see if I won't bless you. Open the windows of heaven. But there's a second way that he adds to us in that. Verse 11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Not only will I bring increase, but I will slow down the decrease. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours is a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. See, what God says when it comes to this covenant of the tithe, the reason it brings me under this canopy of his blessing and his protection, he says, I want you to remember, I want to protect you from the the harmful side of ownership and of acquisition and greed. I want to protect you. And so he says, what I will do when you are faithful and you tithe, I will bless the 90% more than you could do 
with 100%. I will do more and bless you more with 90% than you could with 100%. That's the promise of the Lord. And you've got to stop and ask yourself if you actually believe that. That's the, that's the thing. That's why this bridge is trust. Do you believe he can do that? Do you believe he will do that? Stop and think about it. $90. Can God do more? God, the Almighty, the creator of all things, the Alpha, the Omega, do more with 90 or you with 100? Give you a hint. It's God. The whole omniscience and omnipresence thing really tips the scale in his favor. It's not a fair fight, okay? But he says he will do it. And I want to challenge you, try it. Try it for 90 days. I throw that out every time I talk about this principle. And I have had countless people come up to me and go, you know, we don't know really how it works because we're actually pretty good at math. So this doesn't make sense. But we actually have more left over. We actually did everything we needed to do. And we actually have a little more left over. Or, or we're just fine. Or man, it, this, There's something different going on here. And I want to suggest this is very normal in biblical Christianity. Because any step of obedience brings us under the canopy of God's blessing and his authority and his protection. Okay? It puts us in his realm. You know, if, if, if I'm a salesman and I'm competing against someone and to win the sale, I got to lie. I just got to lie. I, I know I'm fudging a little bit, but I got to do it. And then I remember, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. God's word says don't bear false witness. So I choose not to. I say I'm not going to lie, even if it means losing the customer. I just came under the canopy of God's blessing and his protection, his provision. I may lose the sale, but God is going to bless. He's going to provide. He's going to protect. Because obedience always puts you there. And I want to suggest to you this covenant of the tithe is a way to regularly train our heart where your treasure is. There your heart will be. Where your treasure is. There your heart will be. And some of you go, well, you're supposed to say that, preacher, because the tithe is supposed to go to the storehouse. It is. It is supposed to go to the fellowship or the, the place where you worship because this is our ministry to the community. That's River City. This is our ministry to the community. If this is your church, your tithe should go here. That's just the way God designed it. And that's how he provides for these outreaches and ministries. But don't just believe me. Find someone who you know is to be a tither and ask him. You won't be able to shut them up. Tithers get fired up when talking about tithing. I'm serious. They really do. Because it's one of those things where you, you understand, wait a minute, God is actively engaged and involved and he is over all of this. And there's such a freedom in this principle of stewardship. question is, do you trust God's wisdom enough to try it and apply it? The bridge to financial freedom is the bridge marked trust. Last question, and I'll close and leave you with this. Do you trust God to be your provider? Because we can, we can trust his intention, we can trust his principles, but at some point, we're going to, like Ryan, have to just say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And my question is, do you trust God enough to let him be your provider, because this is the first step to real financial freedom. I want to challenge you with it. Trust his intention, what he wants to do with you financially. Trust his principles, principle of earning, the principle of contentment, the principle of generosity, and the principle of stewardship. What does trusting God's provision look like? Real quickly, five things to leave you with that you can actually start doing this week. First is decide daily who your provider is. This is something between you and God. You just tell him, God, you're my provider today. I trust you. I have to remind myself this church isn't my provider. 
I have to remind myself that this country isn't my provider. God is. And I want to challenge you to do the exact same thing. Your company, your business, this country isn't your provider. God is. That's an important declaration. You can say that every day. Practice the covenant of the tithe. Try, try it. Try it for 90 days. See what God does. Practice contentment. In other words, live within your means no matter what it takes. I've seen people under horrible financial stress. And one of the things might be the house. I said, well, sell the house. We can't sell the house. Of course you can. I got a realtor. I'll call him. He'll, he'll sell that house for you. He, that house will be gone. But we, but we love our house. No, you don't. You're living in stress. You can't even sleep in the house because of the, the stress on you. You're working two jobs. You're never even at the house. Sell the house. Do what you got to do. Sell the car. Do what you need to do. Live within your means. Everyone in this room, I believe, we can do that. And it may take some creativity and God's empowerment, but good news, he wants to give it. Live within your means, no matter what it takes. See what begins to happen. Get out of debt. Get out of debt. And I can't encourage a better way than signing up for the Financial Peace University class. And number five, save so you can support yourself and so you can give. Start saving. I teach my kids an 80-10-10 thing. I challenge them with 80-10-10. Live off of 80, tithe 10, save 10. Like, well, that's hard. We couldn't do that. Well, then do 80, 10, 5. I, I, start saving. Start saving. Because in a few months, when you have something come up, oh, man, and you have the money to write the check, it'll be kind of cool. You might be like, well, I just got this saved. Yeah, at least you're not pulling out that credit card that you had no idea how you were going to pay. And you write the check. And then a few months after that, when someone comes to you and there's a, a need somewhere, and you go, well, I can help with that. I, I can't do it all, but I can, I can do something. And you're able to be generous because you saved a little bit, planning to be generous. It's a very cool feeling. So start saving. You know, and just start small. See what God does when you start walking out His principles. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at the website reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, and we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.